You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Happy Monday, or excuse me, happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, today, um, man, it's already been a week, right? There's been a lot going on. Um, Wednesdays on Locked On NBA, a reminder that it's small market meets big market. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, as I said, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Plenty to talk about today. Uh, the latest Ben Simmons news from Adrian Wojnarowski will hit on that. We'll, I want to talk a little bit about four players the Timberwolves just signed to training camp deals and uh, how, I guess, how notable those are. A couple names familiar from Summer League, a couple have played in the NBA before. So I want to give quick thoughts on on that and then also uh, we'll get into pretty quickly here the initial player ranking lists at si.com sportsillustrated.com and on ESPN um, the first part of each of those lists came out on uh, I think one of them was Monday one was Tuesday so we'll get into all that here on the show today a reminder off the top that you can follow or subscribe to this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts it's it's free and it's everywhere um, Apple Google Spotify the all new Odyssey app of course and also on YouTube this is week four of the YouTube uh, Lockdown Wolves on YouTube so be sure to subscribe and like the show there. Um, you can also follow on Twitter, of course, at Locked on T Wolves. Don't forget the T. It's Locked on T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, let's start with the initial, uh, the Adrian Wojnarowski tweet uh, about, um, about Ben Simmons. Now, to be clear, this isn't really all that new. Uh, the, the news isn't all that new, right? Um, Keith Pompey of our own Locked On Sixers had said back at the end of August, I guess it was, so almost a month ago, three plus weeks ago, that Simmons wasn't going to report to training camp, that he'd met with ownership in August in LA. Ownership plus Daryl Morey, plus Doc Rivers, you know, front office coaching staff ownership, the whole thing, and said that he wasn't going to be coming to training camp unless, uh, well, he wasn't going to because he was requesting to trade formally. And somehow, I mean, that got a ton of play at the time. And now somehow this is basically repeated by Woj. Um, and now because I guess it, I guess because it's Woj, um, it's continues to be repeated. Um, so the exact tweet from Woj is, ESPN sources, Philadelphia 76ers all-star Ben Simmons will not report for opening of training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the franchise. Simmons hasn't spoken to a team to team since a late August meeting when he communicated this message to Sixers officials. He's clearly aware of sanctions available to organization to fine and suspend him, including withholding of salary. But so far, Simmons appears willing to carry out a plan of forcing his way to a new team. Sixers have yet to find a trade they're willing to make for him. Okay. So Keith had this, Keith Pompey of Locked On Sixers, and of course the Philadelphia Inquirer had this almost a month ago. The only thing that's really different is the, I guess the, um, the how explicit it says that he will intends to never play another game for the franchise is Woj's word, wording. I don't think that Pompey had exactly that, but it's pretty implied when he's not going to report to training camp, but he's requesting a trade, right? Um, so first of all, props to Keith for being on the story first. And of course, Woj gets the attention he does because it's Woj. And, you know, he, he took it a little bit further, I guess. Um, 
but there's really nothing else new here. I, I think the interesting follow-up was a report. Uh, Mark Stein, of course, formerly of ESPN, I believe the New York Times for a while, uh, is now writing in Substack. And he said something about uh, basically Sim- the structure of Simmons' salary is that he got actually a quarter of his salary for this year. 25% was already paid out on August 1st. He gets another 25% on October 1st. So he'll already have half of his salary, which is going to be roughly, I mean, his salary is $33 million, So what is that? I guess 16 and a half or so million will already be paid out. So he's already been, by by the time we get to October 1st, he's already got 16 and a half million in the bank for the season. So even if he's fined, um, and I guess it doesn't, you know, the rest of that salary is potentially withheld. It's, uh, you know, it's what, uh, I guess 228,000 per game for each game he misses during his holdout. Um, they won't start getting docked until November after the first pay period. So he could certainly hold out the first couple, all of training camp, all of preseason, the first couple of weeks of the season in October and not be fined a dime to that point. Um, so he won't feel that impact until he gets to November, until until we get to November. So I think that's all interesting. The salary portion certainly adds more color to why Simmons would be willing to, to hold out. Uh, but I don't know that it's anything all that notable. Um, I don't know that this changes. I don't know that today I feel any differently about the Timberwolves' chances of landing Ben Simmons as I did, you know, 24 hours ago. Stein also talks about all the teams wanting Simmons, engaging in trade conversations, being teams that don't typically draw well in free agency. We know the Timberwolves, we know the Kings have been very involved. Those are the two most obvious ones. But also Cleveland, to a lesser extent, San Antonio and Toronto are all teams that that don't do as well in free agency that have shown interest in trading for Ben Simmons. They all continue to be involved in those conversations. So um, if you're not subscribing to, to Mark Stein on Substack, do so, you know, support him. He does a great job. And, and I think that reporting is, is a worthy follow-up. So again, I don't necessarily feel any differently about this situation than I did 24 to 48 hours ago. I, I think Simmons is unlikely to be traded in the next couple of weeks. I think he's likely to be traded by say Thanksgiving, but this thing's probably going to drag on a little bit longer. And I would put the Wolves, you know, and probably the two or three most likely teams to land him along with probably Sacramento and Portland, in my opinion. Um, and, and it all is going to come down to, does Sacramento include Darren Fox? That's probably the biggest question. And the Wolves are obviously not going to include Towns or Edwards. And I understand why the Kings wouldn't, by the way. Uh, one of the things with Ben Simmons, and this is, I guess, going off on a little bit of a tangent, Simmons fits the Wolves roster perfectly because of Towns and Edwards and argue, I mean, ideally D'Angelo Russell, right? If the Wolves are somehow able to keep him as well. Simmons is, is he only, he's a superstar, right? Mostly because of his defense, but he's also a solid all around offensive player, not all around. He's a solid offensive player because of the impact of his passing, his athleticism, how dangerous he is in the open floor. Um, but he doesn't fit a team like the Kings nearly as well. Now he'd fit better if he's not playing with De'Aaron Fox, but with what the Kings do, he's not going to vault them from the basement of the West to, you know, the top four in the West. Whereas with the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves could easily go from Right now, I think they're probably the 10th, 11th best team in the West sitting here today, and they would become probably the fourth or fifth best team in the West overnight um, by adding Simmons to Towns and Edwards. I, I truly believe that. Um, you know, of course, it depends somewhat on on what pieces get sent out in such a deal, but I think he makes a much larger impact on the Timberwolves than he would say on a team like the Kings. Um, at any rate, there's no additional updates. The big thing is, is the, I guess the reiteration of, of Keith Pompey's report at the end of August that indeed Simmons is interested in, in getting out of Philadelphia and is not interested in playing another minute for the Sixers, uh, or even stepping court, uh, stepping his foot on the court in preseason, uh, play or in training camp with Philly. So, uh, that's where that thing sits. As of today, um, the ESPN, we're in player rank season, which is admittedly kind of ridiculous, but also 
fun. And one of those things that like, we can't help ourselves. Uh, it's, it's fun to rank players. It's fun to argue about this stuff. So, uh, SI.com sports illustrated came out with their list on Monday, or I should say their first you know, f- numbers 51 to hundred. So, uh, 50 guys or so, um, or I guess exactly 50 guys, 51 to hundred. And then not sure on when the rest of the list comes out. ESPN released theirs on Tuesday, the 51 to 100. So I want to list where the Timberwolves players are, give a little bit of my immediate reaction, a little bit of color related to that, um, what my snap judgment was. This is something I think I do want to revisit because remember, there's still 50 guys to go. Um, Now, spoiler, the Timberwolves are only going to have one guy in the top 50, um, which I guess if you haven't seen the list implies who's going to be in the 51 to 100 range. We know Carl Anthony Towns will be in the top 50. We just don't know where. But I also want to get a little bit more in the weeds on who got ranked in front of and behind the likes of Edwards, Russell, et cetera. Um, So that'll be on a different show. But I do want to hit on where they are, what my initial... I guess snap judgment was when seeing these rankings. So we're going to do that next year before we get into the, the four players, the Timberwolves sign, we'll do that later in the show. First though, let's talk about uh, our friends at direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and maybe you've even got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part is that there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let's also talk about our new friends over at Sleeper. Uh, we talked about them the other day as well. Sleeper is a fantastic uh, fantasy app. And uh, in 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are also over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work are definitely over now. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, uh, opponent's defensive ranking, uh, pace of play, etc. All that adds up to more strategy and less of that busy work. If you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered no matter what. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you love playing fantasy football, which I do, and by the way, I play on Sleeper. If you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. All right, um, let's go ahead and jump into the... Uh, um, into the player rank conversation. So Sports Illustrated's list was first, and I did think previously um, that they've actually had the best ranking list of any of the sites that does this. The Athletic generally does good. I, I think that now is a um, is a Seth Partnow uh, uh, endeavor, uh, the former front office member of the Bucks and writer for Nylon Calculus. I think he does a great job. CBS is kind of not my favorite one. I think that both ESPN and Sports Illustrated do a good job, but SI is my favorite. Um, they released their list on Monday, 51 through 100, and there were actually three Timberwolves ranked on their list. The first Timberwolf ranked, if you're going 100 down to 51, is Malik Beasley in at 97. And spoiler, he's not on ESPN's list. 
And frankly, I was a little surprised he made it onto Sports Illustrated's list. To be clear, I actually think, I do think he should be. I think he's in the top 100. Um, and I'm going to pull up exactly what they said about him. But but I think this is actually a really good a really good ranking for him. I, I think it's accurate. I think he should be in the top 100. I think his offensive game, his efficiency is just, is is too valuable to leave him off of a list like this. And I think he has been messed that up. Um, so I'm going to pull up what they say. So they've got him 94th. Here's the blurb on SI.com. It says Beasley leapt to 19.6 points per game in his fifth NBA season, showcasing an impressive scoring knack in Minnesota's young core. He buried 39.9% of threes as his attempts nearly doubled compared to 19 and 20. He continues to be a dynamic athlete with a quick first step. His explosion as a driver is critical in Minnesota. I quibble a little bit. Beasley doesn't drive a lot. He's a, he's a, a pretty good cutter and he can get to the rim, but it's mostly in transition. Um, but the scoring and the efficiency is real. Timberwolves fans know this. I mean, he's shot 40% on three over 51 games over two seasons with Minnesota. He's a little over 40%. And, um, you know, besides the injury and the suspension last year, he's been outstanding in Minnesota. The big thing is defense. And generally speaking, that plays into these lists. I don't know how much that factored into the guys, uh, the, the folks at SI who compiled this list. But uh, Beasley is a top 100 player in the league. And just a quick glance at who he beat out. He's a slot ahead of Jonathan Isaac, who, of course, didn't play last year with the torn ACL. Tim Hardaway Jr. He's ahead of Tyrese Halberton, who's at 97. Larry Nance Jr. is at 98. Avica uh, Zubats of the Clippers is at 99. And Jordan Clarkson's at 100. So being ahead of Jordan Clarkson is interesting. Also beating out uh, Derek, or excuse me, he's one slot behind Derek White of the Spurs, who's at 93. Norman Powell, the Blazers at 92. Evan Fournier of the Knicks at 91 and Jake Crowder of the Suns at 90. Uh, by the way, Derek Rose, of course, formerly of the Timberwolves, currently of the Knicks, is at 89. It's interesting. I probably put Beasley ahead of, of Rose. I probably put him ahead of Fournier even still. I don't know that I for sure would put him ahead of Powell or uh, or Jake Crowder at this stage. But they're obviously all different players, right? Like Crowder is a, a starting caliber role player extraordinaire. He's not a star. Beasley's only 20. Five, or he's about to be 25. I think he's still 24. I'm not saying Beasley's going to be a star. I don't think he'll ever be an all-star, but he's already a 20 point per game score. And this is almost a full season sample that we've got now. So uh, I don't think we should rule out the, the, um, the possibility of him continuing to be a 20 point per game score. And if he can be passable on defense, that makes him what a top 50 player, top 60 player, almost automatically. Um, so we could see him rise on this list if he can continue to improve even incrementally on defense. But my snap judgment here is I think that this is probably about right from Malik Beasley. I think he's in the 90 to hundred range. Um, and I can't really quibble with that. I was surprised he was on the list at all. Quite frankly, um, the next player on the list at SI is Anthony Edwards. He ranked at number 77. I wasn't surprised to see him on the list. I didn't think he'd be quite this high especially on the Sports Illustrated list, because again, I think they do a really good job. And and I just, I thought that maybe they'd weigh the totality of his season more than the last eight to 10 weeks. Um, but they put him at 77. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to pull up what they said about him as well. Um, I guess I won't read the whole thing. It's kind of long, but they, they talk about his true shooting percentage being up after the all-star break from 46.6% true shooting before the break to 56.7% after the break. That's a 10.1% increase, which is incredible. Uh, talks about his, uh, being on the fast track of being one of the league's most prolific scorers. He needs to continue to work defensively, but he could rocket up the list as his growth continues. He's got all the tools to be a standout on defense. Agree with all that. Um, I wrote about this a little bit at Dunking with Wolves, and I also listed his numbers uh, from March 1st to the end of the season. 
And again, if you're a Timberwolves fan, this probably isn't news to you, but from March 1st to the end of the season, which remember ran through mid-May last year, Edwards averaged 23.6 points per game on 45.1% shooting from the floor, shot over 34% from beyond the arc and 76.5% from the free throw line. He also averaged 5.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists and 1.4 steals per game. I mean, averaging basically a 24-5 you know, three and a half and one and a half is pretty good with shooting splits of 45%, 34% and 77%. Um, it's certainly way up over what he did in December, January, February, when he was averaging under 15 points a game, he was shooting 37% from the floor, 31% from three rebounds, assists, steals, all that stuff went up. And it's not just because the minutes increase. It's because he was playing better and he's playing with better players. He played more minutes with towns. He played more minutes with Delo. He played more minutes with Ricky Rubio. Um, so, I think ranking him at 77 is, is again, fair. Um, he just barely beat out Terry Rozier of the Charlotte Hornets, Buddy Heald of the Kings, Robert Covington of the Blazers, Seth Curry of the Sixers, all players who make a ton of money and are on their second or third NBA contracts, especially in the case of like um, uh, Rozier and, and Heald, uh, make a ton of money. And he edged them out on this list. He's also ahead of uh, Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies. That's not really surprising. Jared Allen of the Cavs at 83. Um, and then players that he's just behind... Lonzo Ball is at 76, which I actually think is a little bit low for Lonzo. Spencer Dinwiddie at 75. I think that's probably a little low for him as well. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich at 74. He dropped about 20 slots from last year. DeWante Murray of the Spurs is up to 73. I actually would probably put Edwards ahead of DeWante Murray, uh, probably Bogdanovich as well, but I'd maybe still put him behind Dinwiddie and Ball, who I think are each a few slots low. Colin Sexton of the Cavs is up at 71. That seems a little aggressive. I actually think I'd put Ed- Edwards ahead of him pretty solidly. So, You know, I say 77 was okay. I I maybe put him a little higher. I think he's closer to 70. Again, I want to dive into this a little bit more later and really kind of, I'm not going to make my own full list, but I want to slide some of these guys around a little bit and see where I I really think they should end up or where the Timberwolves players should should end up. So we'll we'll dig back into that a little bit later. Um, And then the last Wolves player on the SI list is D'Angelo Russell. He's up at 61, which is about spot on for D'Lo. Um, and they just really just talk about his partnership with Towns, but the fact that we haven't really seen that yet uh, over any length of time. And last year they had him 46th on this list, which I I said at the time, I thought that was a little bit high, but 61 seems right for D'Lo, right ahead of Karis LeVert, Aaron Gordon, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, the Hawks Bogdanovich, uh, Yusuf Nurkic of the Blazers, and just behind Marcus Smart, OG Ananobi, Chris Depps, Porzingis. I don't know how he's still behind Porzingis, uh, just behind Clay Thompson at 57, who's really hard to rank right now. DeAndre Hunter, who's also hard to rank, I think, at 56. Jeremy Grant at 55. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it's maybe still a little bit low for D'Lo. He maybe should be in the 50s because if, if you're fact, I mean, a healthy D'Lo is still very efficient. He's still a very effective offensive player. So um, it's maybe a little low for him, but I understand the ranking. And uh, I mean, I, I get why he's there. Um, so what I want to do next is is give my feedback on the ESPN list, or I guess give the rankings on the ESPN list. And then uh, at the end of the show, I want to talk about the four guys who signed. And then I think on Friday's show, I don't know how many, how much I really doubt, I guess, that the, like the either list will get to Towns by Friday this week. But I want to dig in a bit more on these on the Friday show this week. So we're going to do all that still um, here in the coming days. Uh, before we get to the ESPN list, though, Let's talk about our outstanding friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's delicious. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. Uh, There's several flavors to try. And also right now for a limited time, by the way, uh, this is a tip. Um, It's actually not in in the ad, but I'll tell you that cookie dough dough brownie 
cookie dough brownie chunk maybe is what it's called is available right now. I promise you anything with cookie dough, anything with brownie chunks, um, in, in built bars is phenomenal. So go check it out right now at builtbar.com. You can also get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors, but trust me when I say the cookie dough is amazing. Um, it doesn't taste at all like a candy or excuse me, like a protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. The macros in these are crazy because they're legit healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams net carbs. All the flavors taste amazing. They're all really healthy for you. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. Teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online is your online sport, sports book experts. Again, NFL 100 is your promo code for a 100% welcome bonus, doubling your initial deposit. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your online sports book experts. Okay, let's talk about the ESPN player rank. So ESPN... I, I think the way that their list typically turns out, and this is generalizing a little, but I think D'Angelo Russell is the perfect example. Um, generally speaking, the ESPN player rank lists tend to be a bit skewed towards the offensive players. They tend to overrate, you know, flashy offense and underrate defense. Um, cold me old fashioned, but it's a two way game. It matters. That said, I think D'Lo is still a top, I probably call him a top 60 player even now. Um, but all that to say, Last year, D'Angelo Russell was number 69 on the ESPN list. Two years ago, though, he was like at 20, let me see if I can find it. I think he was at 26 two years ago on ESPN, which is just insane. He never was the 26th best player in the league. Even the year he was an all-star, he probably was in the 30s that year, upper 30s, maybe 40. So he went up from 69 on last year's list to 63 on ESPN's list this year. By the way, no Malik Beasley to be found on the ESPN list, which I think is a mistake. I think he should have squeaked on there like he did with SI. But they've got D'Lo at 63, um, and I, I thought the 69 ranking last year was low, but D'Lo at 63 makes sense. Remember, D'Angelo Russell's also only 25 years old. He also only has two years left on his max deal. Something tells me, you know, he's gonna if he can stay healthy, stay on the court. He talked last year about after the knee surgery, it was the best he's felt in a really long time. Um, he if he has a monster year, I mean, he's only two years removed from free agency again, and he's 25. I mean, he'll he'll get a shot at another max deal. Uh, leading into his prime years if he can perform well over the next couple of seasons. So I think we're going to get a big D-Lo year. Um, in terms of ESPN's list, he ranks just ahead of, uh, let's see here, Tyrese Halliburton was, was down at 73, OG Ananobi at 72, no other notables, Kemba Walker's at 70, down from 48 last year, Aaron Gordon's at 69, Spencer Dinwiddie 68, um, other notables, Malcolm Brogdon is down from 39 to 65 on this list. Delos at 63, which means he was just behind Joe Ingles, Jared Allen, Christian Wood, Colin Sexton again is a little higher than I think he should be. Gordon Hayward, 
uh, Lonzo Ball is up at 57 on the ESPN list. So some of these actually think like they got Lonzo right. That's probably about right. Remember, he was 70 something on the SI list. So uh, again, you stack these lists up next to each other. and We could really quibble. Uh, maybe what I should do is just take the two lists and, and go in between on a lot of these guys, because I think that's where we're going to end up, quite frankly. Um, but at any rate, Delo 63 on the ESPN list. And again, he was uh, what was he on on? Uh, on the other one, 61, I think on the SI list. And he was 69 last year on the ESPN list. Um, the other Timberwolves player of course is Anthony Edwards. Remember he was 77 on the SI.com list. He's number 52 on ESPN's list. I was shocked. Um, 25 spots higher in ESPN's list than he was on sports Illustrated's. That puts him ahead of Jeremy Grant. It puts him ahead of John Collins. Who's at 54. Clint Capella is at 55. Fred Van Vliet is at 56. Really, really surprised. He's all the way up at 52. Um, ahead of Lonzo Ball, Malcolm Brogdon, Gordon Hayward. It, surprised by all of it. Uh, but again, it's the late season improvement. It's the, you know, the highlight dunks and the ESPN list tends to be swayed a little bit by this, which is why I was a little surprised d still wasn't a little bit higher. But the highlight reel stuff, the uh, the late season improvement, the interviews, the national attention for that comes with that. Of course, being the number one pick, Cade Cunningham's already making these lists, basically. I'm pretty sure he's on both of them um, as the number one overall pick. So, I understand it. Um, the the write up on ESPN though from Mike Schmitz is really interesting. Schmitz, of course, is the he's primarily their draft guy at ESPN, uh, but his write up is I'm going to read a chunk of it because I thought it was interesting. Uh, let's see where do we go here. There we go. Um, his write up on Edwards. He says. Edwards needs to buy in on the defensive end. Uh, he could get catapulted into All Star territory if he can turn Minnesota into a winner with Towns and Russell. He uh, needs to evolve as a decision maker. Edwards has 25-5-5 potential and the talent to lead the NBA in scoring. I mean, yeah. What did he do at the end of last season? What did I say? March 1st through the end of the year, he averaged 23.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists. So yeah, he's what? A point and a half and an assist and a half per game away from 25-5-5. You know, extrapolate that over a whole season. I think that's entirely possible that that happens this year. Even even this year, 25-5-5. He's not going to lead the league in scoring this year. Um, but 25, five and five is completely plausible as soon as this season, in my opinion, um, from, from Anthony Edwards. So again, I want to dive back into these lists later, probably Friday's show and, and kind of talk a little bit more about where I would have had them ranked, maybe a little bit more accurately, more specifically, but I think generally speaking, these lists do a pretty good job. Very curious to see where Towns ranks as we get into the, uh, the top, my guess is he's top 30 on both lists. He probably won't be top 25, but we'll see. Um, Okay. Quickly here at the end of the show, I want to talk about these camp deals that the Timberwolves signed some guys to, and they're all familiar names. Well, they should be familiar in one way or another, at least three of the four. So two of them played on on the Wolves summer league team, one being um, Brian Bowen the second. I keep almost saying Bruce Bowen when I talk about him. Brian Bowen the second, um, who was on the summer league team, started all five games in Vegas for the Wolves. And then also Isaiah Miller, who I talked about quite a bit on this show leading into summer league because I was excited to watch him play. And then I thought he was arguably, he was probably the second or third best player on the floor for the Wolves in summer league. Um, both of those guys have now been signed to training camp deals. We knew that Miller had an exhibit 10 contract, which basically meant he was a preferred G league signee. And those guys almost always get invited to training camp. So they'll both be in training camp. Miller, of course, is a hard nosed, tough defensive minded point guard. He was defensive player of the year in the Southern conference, three times playing for UNC Greensboro. He's only six feet tall, doesn't shoot from the outside, but he's a bulldog. He can score inside. He's great floater game, mid range elbow jumpers. If he can get his shot off, he's, he's got great touch. 
it's just a matter of being undersized and not having an outside shot. If he could add an outside shot, uh, then he's an NBA player. Uh, honestly, he's that good defensively. And and I think having him, Patrick Beverly, Leander Balmaro, uh, McKinley Wright on a two-way deal, all those guys in training camp are going to want to guard 94 feet and make life difficult for D'Angelo Russell, make life difficult for for Patrick Beverly himself, uh, right? And, and, and really compete in training camp. So I'm looking forward to seeing that and hopefully Miller gets some run in the preseason. Bowen is a little bit, I'm less excited about him. I mean, he played two, 12, he's played in 12 games over the past two seasons with the Pacers. He was on a two-way deal with them last season. Um, and, you know, he, he's a pretty average at best outside shooter. He's a good defender. Um, you know, best case for him is he develops the outside shot, could be a three and D type guy, he's six foot six, I believe. Um, so he's just, you know, he's another guy on the wing in camp. Um, the other guys that they signed are interesting. One is Chris Silva. And if you've heard his name, it's because he was an undrafted rookie with the Heat. He actually played in 44 games in the 1920 season, the year that was cut short with COVID-19. He, I don't believe he appeared in the bubble. I know he didn't play in the playoffs for the Heat. And that was the year they went to the conference finals. Um, the, the bubble year, but Silva played in 44 games that year. And then last year he played in 11 games. He was actually traded to Sacramento as part of the Nemanja Bielitsa trade when, when Belly went from Sacramento to Miami and he only played in four games with the Kings last year. So, uh, he's a, f- a four-year guy at university of S- South Carolina. He averaged 11, six and a half and a block and a half per game. He's six foot eight. Um, and is really kind of more of a, there's some similarities to Jared Vanderbilt. He's got a little bit more touch from the outside and maybe isn't quite as big of a, you know, a, a rebounder or, or quite as much of a specimen as, as Vando is. Um, but there's a lot to like there with him as an upside type guy. And again, training camp deal. So he's not going to make the team, but very likely he'll get the opportunity to join the Iowa Wolves unless another NBA team comes calling and wants him on the roster. And then the last one is a guy who I didn't know anything about, Matt Lewis, undrafted rookie out of James Madison University. He played four seasons there, started for basically, it looks like halfway through his freshman year on, he was a starter Averaged over 17 points a game. His final two seasons between his junior and senior year, 19.2 points per game. Shot 43% from the floor, 37.7% from three. Six foot five, good size. Um, I, you know, I'm going to do a little more research on him. I don't know a ton other than he could certainly score the ball at a small school um, and it has good size. So a decent shooter, shooter you know, 38% from three um, over his past two years in college. So uh, four guys added to the training camp roster. I think we'll look at, you know, I think the Wolves technically have a roster spot left. They don't have any cap space. So we could look at, you know, who's the most likely guy to make the roster. Um, Miller could really be a next man up type guy, you know, knock on wood, there's no injuries, but uh, you know, Russell Beverly McKinley, Wright Are the three guys, well, I guess now Jordan McLaughlin are all ahead of him. Um, but if there were to be some sort of an injury or anything, Miller is a guy who could probably be a next man up. He could be a two way guy. If they bumped up a McKinley Ryder or Nathan Knight to the regular roster after training camp. Um, I think he's the guy who has the best shot. Probably uh, Silva, of course has the most NBA experience and, and the wolves could use some front court depth. He's the, the only big man on this list. Um, so He's always got a shot as well, I would say, or I think it's fair to say that he's got a shot, but um, an interesting group of four, and hopefully they get some run in preseason, and there's it's a slightly longer preseason, more of a normal preseason than we saw last year when I think they played two games um, in that super abbreviated training camp and preseason leading into the season. Um, but at any rate, I want to spend most of Friday's show likely talking about NBA rank. Of course, any other Simmons news may get back to some of these new guys as well uh, joining the team. But training camp starts, I think, Monday of next week. Um, So we're literally within a week of training camp. We're less than two weeks out. Uh, Monday, the first Monday in October, so a week from next Monday, 
um, is the first preseason game. Um, so it's happening. We're get excited next week. We're back to five shows Monday through Friday daily. Um, so be sure now's the time to make sure that you're following, you're subscribed to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you want to, uh, to watch as well as listen, uh, and also follow on Twitter at lockdown T wolves. And my account is at B beacon with two B's, two E's C K E N. Um, a reminder, uh, again, you can follow anywhere. And also, of course, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Um, otherwise, the only other reminder I have is Lockdown Bets. If you're not already subscribed or following to Lockdown Bets, you can do that anywhere you listen to this podcast as well. And of course, betting on the NBA or any other sport doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast by hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast. My name is Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.